From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Juno police arrested a man Sunday for multiple charges, including allegedly assaulting an officer. Juno Police Lieutenant Craig Campbell provided details. August 21st, 2022, about 9.07 p.m., the Juno Police Department received a report of a disturbance between 26-year-old William James Pylons and a 26-year-old female in the area of Float at Statter Harbor. It was reported to police that Pylons was acting irate, throwing things around, and may have pushed the female. A records check showed that Pylons had an extraditable $350,000 felony warrant for his arrest out of Montana for violating conditions of release on the original charges of sexual assault, sexual intercourse without consent, criminal endangerment, two counts of assault on a police officer, and resisting arrest. JPD responded to Statter Harbor and located pylons on a vessel on D-Float. After speaking with pylons about the earlier disturbance, responding officers notified pylons about the arrest warrant and requested he exit the vessel. Pylons refused to comply and was then escorted off the vessel. Pylons then resisted arrest and fought with multiple officers on the dock. Officers were eventually able to restrain pylons and make the arrest. During the altercation, multiple officers as well as pylons sustained minor injuries. Officers spoke with the 26-year-old female who was involved in the initial altercation that was reported to police, but there was insufficient evidence to show that a crime had occurred. Pylons was taken to the Lemon Creek Correctional Center. In addition to the warrant, Pylons was charged with four counts of assault on a police officer in the fourth degree and one count of resisting arrest. All are Class A misdemeanors. Juneau Police Lieutenant Craig Campbell. Work is ongoing on the new transit center in the Juneau Valley. CBJ's Deputy Engineering and Public Works Director Denise Koch spoke to the goal of the Valley Transit Center. In the past, bus riders who needed to make transfers in the Valley were transferring um, behind the Nugget Mall. That was the main transfer point. And it became clear that we really, I mean, we have so many bus riders in the Valley. We really wanted um, a better facility for that, that, that transfer point. Um, and we already had a downtown transit center. It really seemed uh, intuitive that we needed a, a Valley transit center, a place that's a little bit more comfortable for passengers to, um, to do those transfers. Gotch said the center should be completed later this year. We expect the Valley Transit Center to be completed uh, by mid to late October. There's still work um, being done on the, the building itself, and there's still a little bit of work um, that needs to be done in terms of, like, the, the paving uh, as well. But it's getting pretty, pretty close. Um, and we're we're pretty excited about it. We ex- expect we'll have you know uh, a big community announcement about the Valley Transit Center when uh, when it's ready to open. Koch called the new center intuitive. I think just think it's a great idea. We have so many bus riders that live in the Valley, and we just uh, want to have a, a really great facility for them um, for those those passengers, uh, a place that's that's more convenient, it's conveniently located, there's parking associated in case people want to do a park and ride, uh, It's uh, there'll be a bathroom, it's, it's just going to be a, a nicer facility for the public than what we previously had. CBJ Deputy Engineering and Public Works Director Denise Koch. Dock electrification for use by cruise ships is an issue City Manager Rory Watt said his administration is addressing. He spoke about it while a guest on Action Line. The cruise ship companies are very interested. They uh, want to lower their carbon footprint. Uh, that's a popular topic here in Juneau. 
uh, as well, and uh, it helps reduce visible emissions. I mean, people come here to see Alaska, uh, and so dock electrification, uh, you know, it, it reduces the impact uh, that, uh, you know, people see from smokestacks on ships, which generally they don't see too much. But we've got dark green mountainsides that uh, shows up against, and, uh, you know, popular idea, technically very complicated um, so we're uh, working on a project to electrify the steamship wharf dock, which is the northern uh, city dock by Marine Park and the, the parking garage and library. Watt says getting equipment and parts takes time, and that capacity for local grids depends on rainfall. We've got some long lead time uh, items that we've got to order, uh, load tap transformer that, that kind of allows efficient transfer of uh, power load from ship to uh, the ALMP grid. Um, and there were some concerns about capacity as well, yeah, right? Well, the, the, the question is, is how much power do we have? And the answer is, depends how much it's been raining and at what time of year it's been raining, mm-hmm. right? So with hydroelectricity, uh, ALMP has a system of hydro projects with reservoirs, and, and it depends. You know, they, they, um, they could provide uh, power in the summer, but if they're not careful, uh, they might drain the reservoir and not have power the following winter. With the past year's heavy rainfall, Juno's grid had power for the docks. This year, uh, you know, heck, it's been raining a lot. We had enough electricity for two more cruise ship docks. Some years, we might not have electricity. Complicated issue uh, that we have when our electrical power grid is uh, islanded is the the term. We're not connected to anybody else. Uh, you know, so in you go anywhere down south, you know, the whole country is connected. So you can shift power from, you know, a location that has oh, it. Oh, Right? So we, Washington, we have no other grid. We to, have no other grid. Washington State can, you know, effectively shift power to Oregon uh, to my family uh, yeah. that's there right now or California or vice versa. We can't do that. We're just little Juno with 32,000 people. Juno City Manager Rory Watt. The City and Borough of Juneau Docks and Harbors Board will take up the need for an appraisal regarding the development of the Seadrome building in downtown tomorrow evening. The meeting is set for 5.05 p.m. tomorrow at City Hall. You can find the Zoom link under the news tab of KINYradio.com. The ownership of parcels of the property is a mix between Gold Belt and the city. Goldbelt is proposing that a new three-story facility be built at the Corporation Seadrome Building. The dock would accommodate yachts and small cruise ships of up to 273 feet. Part of the property will also be modified into expanded parking and staging. Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, the cruise company which operates the Norwegian Cruise Line, Oceana Cruises, and Regent Seven Seas Cruise Brands, announced today that it is donating its undeveloped waterfront property in Juneau to the Huna Totem Corporation. Engaging with other Alaska Native corporations and community stakeholders, Huna Totem plans to lead efforts to develop a new pier and related infrastructure on this parcel and is expecting to submit plans for the year-round facility before the end of the year. With this donation, the company will receive preferential berthing rights at the pier once development is complete. 
According to a release, the project is expected to bring significant benefits to every aspect of the local and visitor experience by eliminating tendering operations, improving traffic flow, and welcoming visitors to a purpose-built facility. The Huna City Clerk's Office has declined to certify an application for a recall petition against Huna Mayor Gerald Byers. In a document received by News of the North, City Clerk Jennifer Bitteman rejected the application. A group of registered voters filed an application on August 10th asking the City Clerk's Office to certify a petition that would allow signatures to be gathered and to put the recall question on the ballot. A prelude to the Klondike Road Race in Skagway is coming up in Haines this weekend. Haines Mayor Doug Olerud spoke about the 4th Annual Toshinok Ridge Run, which will be held on Saturday. They're looking for a warm-up to the um, Klondike Road Race out of Skagway in a couple weeks. This Saturday we're having our Toshinok Ridge Run. This is going to be the 4th Annual. The last last two have been locals only pretty much, but... Uh, meet at Seven Mile and run Rapinski on the way back in. So if somebody wants to come up from Juneau and do some running, that's going to be happening. More information can be found at runsignup.com. The son of a former Alaska lawmaker faces charges of manslaughter and evidence tampering in the death of his father, former State Representative Dean Westlake. That's according to charging documents filed by the State Department of Law. Talon Westlake was arrested over the weekend. An online court record system did not show an attorney yesterday morning who could speak on his behalf. According to the documents, Dean Westlake's girlfriend owned the property where Talon Westlake was staying, and police in interviews with her and Dean Westlake's daughter said Talon Westlake had not been paying rent. Dean Westlake, who was living in Fairbanks, planned to evict him. The Alaska legislature may not set multi-year budgets for public education and other state agencies unless it provides upfront funding. The Alaska Supreme Court ruled earlier this month. Juno Representative Andy Story gave her reaction while on Action Line. So this ruling, you know, we funded uh, two years uh, next this year and 24 um, with our extra oil money. And, of course, we'll see how our oil monies with the price of oil hold out, but we are in the mode of forward funding with that two-year funding. Uh, so we could just fund next year and we would be funding 25, and that's what we need to be doing. With the caveat, Kevin, that we funded $57 million in one-time funding, you know, for next year, and that is the a 4% increase um, to what we've been funding since 2017, and our schools have certainly faced higher cuts than that. I mean, higher costs than that, so they've had to make cuts. The ruling reinforces a 2017 decision that upheld the ability of a governor and legislature to set the amount of the annual permanent fund dividend annually, regardless of a formula in state law. Meanwhile, the legislature had approved an additional $57 million in funding to schools this year. Story urged additional funding to schools. If we can keep that $57 million, um, you know, in one-time funding to make that permanent, and um, that's really critically important, and I'm hoping people across the state are asking the candidates how they feel about that uh, $57 million in one-time funding, which really should be ongoing because 
It's just really catch-up monies. And we have had studies done from the Institute of Social and Economic Research uh, comparing all 50 states, and we are now funding below average when you adjust for the cost of doing business in Alaska and what we have been investing in our kids. We're just we're like uh, 24th, and it has an effect, and we're in a shortage of teachers and, um, you know, this not having a dependable uh, revenue is uh, that accounts for increased costs is hurting us. Juno Representative Andy's story. Governor Mike Dunleavy criticized President Joe Biden for his emergency policy this week, saying Alaska has billions of barrels of oil, but a lack of opportunity under the administration. Dunleavy spoke about the matter Monday on Fox's Brian Kilimead show. We've got a lot of oil in the state of Alaska, billions of barrels more oil. We just have to get a a little bit of help in allowing us to be able to uh, develop these plays that we have. But um, ever since the administration got into office, it's been a lack of opportunities. It's it's almost been a cancel culture when it comes to uh, resources, especially energy here in the state of Alaska. Dunleavy said these are the concerns he hears most from Alaskans. Certainly inflation, uh, certainly energy certainly our ability to produce energy to help uh, not just Alaska, but this country. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're lucky up here. We don't have the crime uh, crime situation like they do in the lower 48. We've, we've actually reduced our crime by 30 percent over the last four years. But nonetheless, um, you know, we're even impacted by the border issues up here because um, uh, we, we have a fentanyl issue like other states do. And so uh, it, although we're isolated way up here in the northwest, we're certainly impacted by things that are happening nationwide. The audio comes from Fox News' The Brian Kilimede Show. The deadline is approaching for artists to apply for a grant with the Juno Community Foundation. It is the Individual Artist Award, and Program Director Christy Chambor spoke about that on Action Line. The deadline is quickly approaching for this Individual Artist Award. It's coming up on August 31st. Um, so I wanted to tell you a little bit about um, what it does. Right now we're, we're at $20,000 that we will be granting out. There's one $10,000 award, there is one $5,000 award, and then two $2,500 awards that are available to artists working in a variety of mediums. Yeah. So it's not specific to painting or sculpture. Um, It's open to photography, filmmakers, musicians, etc. This year, the foundation is providing more funding than in previous years towards the grants. So because the um, endowment (laughs) has been doing well, uh, we were able to grant out more awards this year. And the selection committee um, for the Arts Vibrancy Endowment really felt it was important to offer some larger awards. There are many artists that are working on um, projects that are larger in scale. Um, So we were really excited to be able to offer the $10,000 award. Application and guidelines for the Artist Awards grant can be found at junocf.org. The deadline to apply is August 31st. Never miss a story or a newscast at kinyradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.